What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On the Global Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero, reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games with no sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. StatHero.com slash locked on. As always, I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. If you cannot already tell, the Wi-Fi issues have continued. We are once again recording from from a remote um, setting, so I apologize for any of the poor video or audio quality. I had someone come take a look at it, um, said it was fixed. Obviously, that is not the case. So it has been a rough weekend, to say the least. The only thing that has made this weekend better has been the Louisville women's basketball team clinching their Elite Eight berth. Um, We will recap the Sweet 16 victory over Tennessee, uh, 76-64. to We'll also um, you know, preview the upcoming matchup against Michigan that is scheduled for tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern time. And then in the final segment, we will um, conduct the weekly mailbag. So we'll start out talking about the Tennessee matchup, 76-64 to in the Sweet 16 in Wichita, Kansas on Saturday against the Tennessee Volunteers. It was a matchup for the Cardinals to where, um, you know, I, I think that they just continually – showed, you know, their heart on both ends of the court, their passion. You know, there it really wasn't a point in the game where I was like, okay, where is our focus at in this one? You know, it, it seemed like the team was, you know, zoned in all game long. We mentioned on the Thursday, I'm sorry, the Friday edition of the show when we previewed the matchup against Tennessee, we talked about, okay, we need to eliminate the long scoring droughts that this Cardinal team sometimes struggles with. And for the most part, I don't think that there was a a very long extended amount of time in which the team struggled with the drought. So I thought that, um, you know, got a good, got a good amount of good looks despite Haley Van Litt and Kiana Smith shooting a combined 12 for 36 from the field. Now, granted that's 33%, but you know, Haley seven for 21, Kiana five for 15. So overall, um, not the most efficient. They got some good looks. I like the fact that they were, you know, moving well without the ball. They created some good looks on offense, and for the most part, you know, those two players had some had some struggles with you know making some shots. But ultimately, they stepped up when it was needed the most. Um, I think that really there wasn't one true star in this one. We talked about Haley, talked about Kiana, Emily Inksler, uh, by far had the most efficient night. Uh, Twenty points, seven for. For 12 from the field, 10 rebounds. You had Peyton Verholz come off the bench for seven points. Uh, Olivia Cochran needs to get a shout-out here. Only had, I think it was three points. But when you talk to Jeff Walls after the game in, in his post-game press conference, you know he said she may, you know, obviously paraphrasing a little bit, she may not have had the big, best night, the biggest night, the best night, whatever you want to call it, on the box score. But he was like, Make no mistake about it. If we don't have Olivia Cochran, we don't win this game. And I, that's exactly the vibe that I came away with as well. Um, she was in the press conference. I think it was sometime later on. Maybe it was yesterday. You could definitely tell, like, under her eye, there was, um, you know, some swelling where she had gotten elbowed in the eye and the foul was called on her somehow. But ultimately, you saw how much she battled. Um, really made life tough for Tamari Key, who I think was like one for five from the field, 
Ray Burrell led the Lady Vols in this one, 22.6 rebounds. Uh, Jordan Walker and Alexis Dye had a combined 19 points. The Lady Vols shot 24% from three-point land, 36% from the field, versus the Cardinals shooting 42% from the field, 33% from three-point land. Uh, just two more made three-pointers on the same amount of attempts. If you would have told me that the Cardinals would have got out-rebounded 52-36 to 36 in this one, well, I would have said there was some question as to whether or not the you know Louisville was, would win this game, but it kind of um, evened itself out when I looked at the fact that the Cardinals won the turnover margin 18-7. to 7. So I think that that's the key uh, thing to focus on here is, yes, Tennessee did what Tennessee's been doing all year long, and that's rebounding the ball very, very well. And they do that at a high rate. They crashed the offensive glass extremely well, very efficiently. Um, but Louisville, in their own respective way, uh, put a mark on this game, 18-7. to uh, The flow of the game, Louisville jumped out early on in this one. They got it by double digits at various points in the first half. Tennessee clawed their way back to make it a uh, single – or not a single possession, uh, um, you know, a single-digit uh, deficit going into halftime. They opened up the third quarter with a little bit of momentum, and it kind of went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then the fourth quarter came, and that's when you know Tennessee had a couple buckets, but um, you know Kiana Smith, Emily Ingsler, Haley Van Lith coming up big for the Cards down the stretch. And you know for a team that does not have a number one score or, or a true you know number one score, you know you know just kind of based upon what we've seen this year. I guess you could really kind of say Haley Van Litt has turned into that number one score. But when I when I mean number one score, I mean like a Dana, like a like a uh, you know who the primary scoring option is. And although Haley might be that now, she had, you know, hadn't necessarily been that early on in the season. But maybe that's changed as of late. Um, I think that the big three, as I call it, um, you know, Haley, Emily, and Kiana have really embraced kind of sharing that scoring responsibility. And that is music to Louisville fans ears, because I feel like in the years, which haven't really been a lot, because when you think you'll go back to the past 10 years, you know, you've had Shoney, you've had Asia Durr, you've had Dana Evans for, you know, a good amount of, you know, that time frame in the past decade. So there really hadn't, hasn't been um, a handful of years in which Louisville hasn't necessarily possessed a true number one score, they have now. Um, you know, it, it seems like, um, you know, having a trio of players who can replicate that production, I think it's big for Louisville, and I'm very, very impressed with the way that Haley Van Lith has continued to play. She scored 20 points in all of the games, I think in all three games so far. Um, you know, Haley Van Lip has scored over 20 points. Emily Ingsler continuing to get it done on the offensive side of the ball, 20 points. Also, 10 rebounds to lead the cards. Kiana Smith didn't necessarily play all that well, but she still, um, you know, contributed 12 points. Uh, Chelsea Hall had a very solid game, hit a couple big shots. Peyton Verholst, the confidence is getting there. It's, it's growing more and more. So, you know, ultimately, I mean – I'm not going to sit here and nitpick this performance too much because at the end of the day, you beat a top four seed in your region by double digits. And it just so happens that that top four seed is uh, one of the most you know uh, historical storied programs in women's basketball history in uh, Tennessee. And that's a very solid team. 
Um, obviously, no Jordan Horston, which I thought she might be able to play uh, in this matchup. So please forgive me for including her in the player to watch in last week's episode. But ultimately, I, I think that Louisville handle business. It's all about surviving and advancing. And, um, you know, what can you say other than that you're relieved that the cards are in the Elite Eight once again? And um, obviously, the hope is that they will get to the next stage in the Final Four. Uh, but they do, they have to go through the third-seeded Michigan Wolverines to do so. This is a team that Louisville has defeated pretty handedly early on in the season. We're still going to talk about why you cannot overlook the Wolverines um, in this Elite Eight matchup. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Stat Hero. Look, Stat Hero has been a huge help for me, especially in this time of the year. I feel like, you know, March Madness is my favorite time. I love to fill out my bracket or brackets, depending on, you know, where I'm filling them out through work office pools, the uh, tournament challenge app. But it seems like the first day my bracket is automatically decimated. Like it's just completely, you know, shot down. That's where I think Stat Hero has really kind of helped me this year. It takes a little bit of a different approach. It's what Daily Fantasy was made to be. It pits the um, you know, star players uh, and a, a set of players that you can choose against another set of players. Um, you know, winners went up to four times more because it's you versus the projected set. So, you know, you can – uh, really, you know, choose the college players, um, you know, and, and put them in a set and um, you hope to come out on top. It is, is very, very simple. So do yourself a favor before March Madness ends. Go to StatHero.com. You can sign up for free today at StatHero.com slash locked on. And if you use the promo code locked on, you will get a 100% deposit match. Once again, that's StatHero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. As always, I want to take this time. To personally thank you all again for making Locked On Global your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Global podcast is free on all streaming services. Five days a week, your team, every day. Look, as I mentioned, I'm extremely sorry for, um, you know, this Wi-Fi, the, the poor Wi-Fi quality. If there is a lag or, you know, bad video quality, audio quality, I, I sincerely do apologize. Um I, I believe that it's something that I hope that it gets fixed here in the near future. Um, but I really can't speak to that, certainly, because I already thought it would have been done. But I digress. Um, enough about me. More about the women's basketball team. This little women's basketball team on a roll, like little fans thought they would be. Uh, the only team standing between them and a Final Four berth is a familiar opponent, the Michigan Wolverines. The Cardinals defeated back in early December in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, 70-48 to at the KFC Yum Center. I do caution those that believe this is going to be an easy game to not think that way. I'm not saying that the players and the coaching staff is thinking this way because they're not. You know, Jeff Walls is one of the best coaches in getting his team kind of refocused after a loss. So you know that when a team, when when he when his team has beaten another team, he's definitely not taking that team lightly. So I caution the Louisville fans to believe that this is going to be an easy game because of the previous results. We've seen throughout college basketball history, both men's and women's, that even though a team might have defeated another team very soundly, maybe once or twice throughout the season, that might not necessarily matter 
come March, come the end of uh, tournament time. Um, but it is a good parameter and measure into how success can be replicated. In that first matchup, it was all about the Cardinal defense. They caused 24 turnovers against Michigan. Uh, it was a team, you know, the Wolver Lady Wolverine shot 13% from three-point land, made two attempts. Nas Hillman was held to 12 points, eight rebounds. The Cardinals, you know, went on record after that game and really, um, you know, for the preview of this game, and they said they really uh, played aggressive when it came to uh, defending Hillman, who's one of the best players in the Big Ten. Um, you know, the post player currently averages 21 points per game, 10 rebounds, shooting the ball just under 58% from the field. One of the more dynamic post players in college basketball. She had 17 points in the Wolverines, a victory in the Sweet 16 over the South Dakota Coyotes. Um, and, you know, this was um, a, a game plan that Louisville executed very well. Um, they used their aggressiveness and tenacity on defense to really fluster the Wolverines, especially in the post you know, in the first time around, not only was it, you know, aggressive in the post, but also um, the help, help defense was huge in that regard as well. So, you know, in the in the pre-game pre pressers, you know, the Louisville players basically, you know, kind of summarizing were like, um, yeah, you, you want to – we want to try to do what we did in that first matchup. And I think that that's kind of where the keys to the game uh, come for this matchup as well, in, in the first one being – you have to make life tough once again for Nas Hillman. Hillman has shown that uh, when you let her take over a game, she will do so. There is no hesitation. She's able to really um, get in the post and uh, really go to work. Is very very solid with her footwork, you know, and she's pretty pretty quick on her feet for a player of you know of her size. And she's you know very very tall and um, just has a you know a, a huge build for you know, a uh, defender to go against, you know, in the paint. I believe she's like, I want to say 6'3 or 6'4. Um, but regardless, very, very uh, solid. Um, despite, you know, um, you know, a lot of teams just singling out and trying to double team her in the in the paint, she's able to handle that as well and pass out of it. Uh, Layla, uh, I think it's Felia, Felia. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, and Maddie Nolan both average under nine points a game. Those are some other players that Louisville needs to focus on. Um, but Hillman is the player to focus on for the the Wolverines. And, um, you know, if they can make life tough for her, then they can make life tough uh, for the Wolverines in general. As I mentioned, for Louisville, player to watch for here. I think that this is a an interesting one. I'm going to go Emily Ingsler. We went Haley Van Litt the past couple times. I'm going to go Emily Ingsler because in that game, in the first time around, she had 18 points, 14 rebounds, five steals. I mean, she was incredible. I was actually at that game with um, – you know, with my dad, and we, I remember saying to myself, if she's playing like this, there's no telling what this, you know, Louisville team can do. So um, it, it's just a matter of if she can replicate that tenacity and that toughness that made life tough for not only Hillman, but other players around the perimeter, um, that defense leading to good offense, that's another aspect. I think that uh, the keys of the game for Louisville we mentioned uh, playing Hillman um, in, in a way that it makes life tough for her in the paint and, and making it tough, kind of like how you've done for some of the top players that you've gone up against, Ryan Howard, Hillman, you know, so on and so forth. I think the second key to the game for the Cardinals is, you know, continuing to force turnovers because, yes, you forced 24 the last time, but you also turned the ball over 19. So um, I think it's kind of a two-way street. You have to be efficient on offense and forcing, you know, 
forcing turnovers on defense, um, limiting turnovers on offense. So winning the turnover battle is a big key aspect of this one because I think that the Cardinals are, you know, at their best when they are able to move in transition. You have a player named Emily Ingsler with her size that moves very well for her six one six two frame. That's um, you know very solid. You have Kiana Smith, Haley Van Lith, who can pull up in transition and shoot good shots. You know, so on and so forth. So, I think um, you know limiting Nat, Nas Hillman's uh, you know role on offense, or I guess you could say production on offense, and then winning the turnover battle are the two keys to the game here for the Cardinals. Um, prediction time, as I mentioned in the, in the pregame or the pregame. Um, the opening monologue, opening um, statement. I do think that Louisville comes out on top of this one. I think that Louisville, it's not going to be a 22-point victory. I think that Louisville wins by about eight to nine points. Um, I look for Haley Van Litt to score 20 again. I think Emily Inksler is going to be a very big in this game as well. Nas Hillman is going to do better than she did the first time around. But at the end of the day, I think that this is probably a close game at the start, maybe through the first three quarters. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it being like a single possession game going into the fourth quarter. And at that point, excuse me, I got the hiccups. I do think at that point in the fourth quarter that Louisville was going to be able to push it out of reach, you know, eight, nine point victory. I will say I have not been very good on my project predictions, projections, predictions. I was going to say that at the same time, I don't think that that's a word, but um, it seems like um, if I predicted a win, it's either – not close margin-wise. It's either not close margin-wise or it is um, just completely wrong. So hopefully I am very close to being right. I do think it's going to be a victory. So we will obviously recap that game. Hopefully we're singing the songs of a clinching of the Final Four berth. So um, we'll talk about that matchup tomorrow, or that contest, I should say, tomorrow. Uh, but for the remainder of the show, I want to dive into the weekly mailbag segment while we can. Um, we'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. As the month of March ends, um, your resolutions that you made at the beginning um, of the uh, turn of 2022 might be, um, you know, kind of out the window. You might have kind of put them on the back burner and maybe not have touched them since. It's time to bring those back out, especially if yours is about eating healthy. Bill Bar has kept me, kept me, has kept me on my path to eating healthy because it's a it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Sometimes you know the protein bars are kind of you know chalky, waxy, hard to choke down. Not Bill Bar. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. Um, it's low in calories, high in protein. If you go to Bill.com and check out the macros chart, you'll be blown away by how much healthier it is than a actual candy bar while being pretty much tastier than a candy bar in my opinion um they have a ton of different flavors they try to make things tasty first and then they make it they find a way to make it healthy after so do yourself a favor go to build.com and use the promo code uh, locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order once again that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com the, for the final segment of the show I want to dive into the weekly mailbag. I was wanting to hold it off uh, for later on in the week, but uh, with a possible Final Four berth on the line, um, Alan Thomas of T-Shirt Hooligan and StateofWolva.com being on the show, Jeremy Wallman being on the show, I figured I'd go ahead and start out the week with a mailbag because there are some questions that you all have asked, and I don't want to 
get to a situation to where I don't incorporate a mailbag into this week's episodes, but I want to go ahead and get it with this one. Um, the first question is, do you think Louisville will seriously get uh, involved with 2022 five-star Sky Clark's recruiting? Um, simple answer, yes. Um, you know, it was announced last week through a couple of media members that um, Louisville and Kenny Payne had reached out to Sky Clark. Um, there's no um, no secret that the former University of Kentucky commit slash signee is uh, is close to some of the uh, you know former assistants at Kentucky that are possibly in the running here at Louisville. You know Joel Justice, you know so on and so forth. I think that ultimately it kind of comes down to Illinois. And Louisville, Tim Anderson, uh, that the uh, Illini assistant is very close with Sky Clark, one of his main recruiters. Um, and I do think that Kenny Payne will be able to make up ground in the Clark sweepstakes, um, you know, in this one. So I'd say right now it, it's it's too close to tell. You know, those on the Illinois side of things are confident, and those media members in uh, you know the Louisville side of things are confident. So obviously, one of them is wrong. Hopefully for our sake, that the Louisville side is right. I know Jeremy Wallman has kind of been hinting at it with his cryptic uh, sky tweets and stuff like that. Hopefully that comes to fruition. So, uh, But to answer your question, yes, Louisville is going to be seriously involved in Sky Clark's recruitment. Um, continuing on in the basketball side of things, with Sam Williamson deciding to transfer and likely the Davis brothers are out as well, do you see any more roster turnover and who are some other guys that could be on the move? You know, this is always hard to predict. And we'll talk, um, we'll talk about uh, Sam entering the transfer portal. Uh, Deontay Davis has decommitted. There hasn't been official word that Dre Davis has hit the transfer portal, but with the Davis brothers seemingly being a package deal, um, it seems like the writing is on the wall. Um, I think that L. Ellis, Sidney Curry, J.J. Trainer, Jalen Withers are all staying. Um, obviously, I think Noah Locke is going to turn pro. Jared West and Mason Faulkner, Malik Williams don't have any more college eligibility. Um, I would probably be surprised to see Matt Cross here again next season, I guess. I think Matt Cross would probably be a guy that looks to go elsewhere. Dre Davis. Um I think Mike James would likely stay as well. Roosevelt Wheeler is probably on the fence. Uh, it really just kind of depends. You know, with the transfer portal and everything, um, it, it really just kind of depends. So, But I think Matt Cross and Dre Davis are probably the next two to maybe hit the portal if I had to guess. Like I said, that's no inside information coming from my side. And then the next question kind of goes back to recruiting. How do you or what avenue do you think – Kenny Payne uses to address the low roster numbers for next season. I assume that that is asking whether or not do I think most of the numbers are going to come from uh, high school recruiting, transfer, you know, so on and so forth. I think it's going to be a healthy mix. I think, um, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, a handful of transfers, a hand, you know, maybe one to two 2022 recruits. There could also be one to two, uh, 2023 recruits that end up reclassifying. The good thing is with Kenny Payne, it seems like there's a lot of players all on all on you know certain levels that want to play for Kenny. So um, it, it's really just a matter of uh, him being selective and uh, filling out his roster in a way that he feels that this team can be the most successful next year. So 
that's kind of the story there. And then the final question, um, this kind of goes with, um, it kind of relates to Sidney Curry. Uh, with Sidney Curry posting a lot of pro Louisville stuff here recently and agreeing to do um, a basketball camp here in the city, does that foreshadow him possibly staying? It's actually really funny that that's a question because uh, owner of T-Shirt Hooligan and um, stateofwolva.com writer Alan Thomas will be on the show for a special episode on tomorrow's um, episode. Um, he uh, for, those, for, for those who don't know, T-Shirt Hooligan, I believe, is sponsoring that camp, so he will have all the information, inside info on that. I personally think that that obviously can't hurt it um, at the end of the day. Who knows? But I do think I probably would expect Sydney to be one that stays. So, but that's all, all that I have for the mailbag today. Uh, we talked about the the solid things that happened from the Louisville Tennessee Sweet Sixteen matchup. We recapped that. We previewed the Michigan game in the Elite Eight and why the Cardinals will come out victorious. We also conducted the weekly mailbag. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. Tomorrow's episode, like I said, a special episode. We will have. Um, Alan Thomas on. There will be another episode that talks about the uh, whatever happens in the women's basketball game and um, Sam Williamson and Deontay Davis uh, no longer going to be with the program. Uh, so be sure to check out that. I uh, want to give a shout out to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast that has been doing record numbers. You can check that out. Those live shows at cardinalsportszone.com. Um, but that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we will see you right back here.